The Start On Demand. On demand. Have you gained weight during the pandemic? Who could blame you for putting on a couple of pounds over the last year? And indeed, survey says a lot of Canadians feel they have gained undesirable weight. But as we learned, a lot of you have also lost a lot of weight. Vaccine hesitancy in southern Manitoba. We head to Winkler to speak to the mayor there because Winkler was specifically cited by Dr. Joss Reimer as an area where vaccine uptake isn't all that high. We also head to Winkler for our small town salute. We visited with Spence Bros Premium Meats about the success of their frozen pizzas. And Greg got his first crack at Tim Horton's self-checkout. They've got this new digital payment terminal in the drive-thru. He went to one on Nairn, so we had a lot of fun talking today about self-checkouts. I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb. We are Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. And this is the Thursday, April 29th podcast for The Start. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, Greg, you recently, maybe even yesterday, got your first crack at uh, something new in a drive-thru. Oh, yes. I was wondering where you're going with that. Good morning, Brett. Good morning, Loren. I was at the Tim Hortons on Nairn Avenue, and uh, that is, uh, that's the one further west, closer to the Nairn overpass. There's several Tim Hortons on Nairn. And I got into the line. I had to get some steep tea to help me deal with the uh, drive home with uh, one of the boys. And <laughs> I pull up to the order board and I can see these two pieces of technology hanging off the order board. I'm like, what the heck is going on here? Long story short, it's where you scan your rewards card now and where you pay. They've added these uh, pieces of technology in order to, well, I looked at a video actually after I pointed it out to you guys and apparently it personalizes your experience. Like if you scan your rewards card, it's supposed to welcome you by name. It's supposed to recognize your regular order and essentially ask you if that's what you want. And then you pay at the order at the, uh, what, 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 the order board. And so I don't know, like as a restaurant guy, I think it's super ingenious way to control the lineup and the bottlenecks that might happen. So you and, scan your card just to clear up, Greg, you scan your yeah. loyalty card. Then it says, you might say, Greg, your steep tea. Is that what you like again? Yes, and then you get that. Exactly. And then you, and then you have to scan your debit card or it takes and then it off. You pay. Okay. Yeah. No, then you pay right there. Yeah. And so, uh, I, I thought maybe it was a COVID initiative in order to limit the interaction that people had with the with the clerks and people serving you. But this has been in the works uh, apparently for over a year now with the folks that, that run Tim Horton. So you're going to probably be seeing a lot more of these things and um, it'd be interesting to see how it works in cold weather. That was the first thing that I thought about. Yeah, it looks like uh, this is going to be happening at uh, Tim Hortons, Burger King, Popeyes, looking to streamline their drive-through experience with these outdoor payment terminals. But indeed, uh, they're a big part of this is having loyalty cards. So that could be uh, interesting. So at six forty-five, we're going to talk. Use this as a springboard to talk about the self-checkout. These digital payment terminals. Do you like them? Do you hate them? Do you have a story like Loren? I don't know about you, but I know the self-checkout for me in 
the past has caused great consternation to the point where I always were like, I've often wondered, why didn't I just get in line for the normal yeah. cashier? It kind of just depends on where you're at, I think, mood-wise, because they used to tick me right off. Like, I'd be in there, be like, not recognizing, not recognizing, beep, beep, calling attendant. I'm like, just forgot, yeah! And I get so mad, and lately I like them. If I have one of my kids with me, they like them because it's kind of fun. When you were a kid, like, playing cash register was the best thing ever, scanning and touching buttons and beeping, and it must drive people behind me insane because the whole point is that's supposed to be for the quick express service, and there I am slowly teaching the kids how to weigh things out and bag items, and people must be driven insane. But I don't know. I I think it depends on your mood with the self-checkout. I will say... This whole loyalty card thing does drive me insane because everyone and their dog has one now. Like you can't go into a single shop or do you want to scan your um, corner store loyalty card? And you're like, you guys got a loyalty card? Like, <laughs> why do you guys have a loyalty card? And also, if I'm coming here, just give me the deal. Like, well, I don't. I know what the purpose is: is to bring me back and get me thinking. I got a points thing going on and get all excited about that. But it just kind of drives me nuts because the wallet is stuffed. With 37 different loyalty cards. Well, and they're using, I imagine, Greg, they're using these loyalty cards for marketing purposes, right? Sure. To, you know, to study your purchasing habits and whatever. I don't know. So they, they, yep. they want to know more about you, Greg. Data mining. It's all about data mining. And uh, the Shoppers Drug Mart uh, reward card forever was heralded as the premium reward system in Canada. And uh, I have to admit that I get the shoppers drug mart. I get the emails every couple of days. Oh, if you buy a hundred what's the latest one? If you buy $150 worth of anything online, you get the equivalent of $50 of shoppers drug mart optimum points. That sounds pretty good to me. So now I'm starting to shop. I'm looking for stuff that I'm not even really looking for right now right. but so hey, now you're gonna go spend 150 dollars just to get 50 bucks back and stuff like i don't like, get me wrong i have i've been at work with a friend and uh over a global in years past and she's like loyalty day bonus day at shoppers and we're down there in the circle like underground port of Maine, all excited for our shoppers points but you're still spending more money to get a very no little question. reward back <laughs> yeah, no, it's like uh, the episode of Three's Company when Chrissy buys the bird cage uh, because you got free bird seed. Well, they didn't have a bird, so what did she do? She bought a bird as well. <laughs> Take advantage of the free bird right. seed, right? It's that. What? It's that. <laughs> completely ridiculous way of thinking that we get trapped into it's like i must have this it's free yet it's useless to you well i'll make it useful to me somehow some way uh here's my question you know who doesn't have a loyalty card the liquor mart why not where's my loyalty card there <laughs> are you suggesting I mean, that you have back no matter i'm what. suggesting i'm loyal and i'd like some dividends from that you do they do take air miles that's right. Yeah. Where am I going right now? Every time someone offers me that again, I'm just in an angry mood with this whole thing at the checkout. You offer me, ask me about air miles right now. I'm annoyed. Where am I going? Well, can't you use your air miles to like yeah, get other things? But, sure. But come on. That's not the point. You want to go places. It just, it incenses me right now. I've got all these air miles that I've racked up in hopes of getting place. Yeah. I should just put my mic off for a bit and 
walk around the basement and swear. I've been collecting air miles for 20 years, and I still don't know that I've got enough to get me to Toronto. I should really double-check that, but I remember the first time I looked, I thought, well, I've been doing this for like 10 years. I bet you I could take myself a nice little trip, and I didn't even have enough to leave the province. And I thought, how the hell do people collect (laughs) enough points on this thing to to take an actual vacation? So clearly I was doing it wrong, but I suspect... Uh, like you, Loren, the pandemic has uh, made me a little more loyal than in the past to the liquor mart. So maybe I have a few more points in there. So at 645, we're talking automation. We're talking self-checkouts. Tell us a story. Santa Lucia Pizza gift card, $20 worth is on the line, which we will give away just after 915. <laughs> GMAC recently got to try his hand at the new digital payment terminals out of Tim Hortons on Nairn because they're moving to do this at very at some of their other restaurants, Burger Kings and Popeyes. You're going to see some of these digital payment terminals. And uh, we wanted to have a conversation about self-checkout, about this automated payment stuff, these touch screens where you go into a fast food place. And if you go you know, McDonald's, I know they've got their touch screens. If you want to order there, Home Depot's got self-checkouts. I use the self-checkout all the time at Safeway. So do you have a story? Because sometimes the self-checkout is a pain. 204-780-6868, gift card, Santa Lucia pizza up for grabs, Cam Poitras, smash. Uh... <laughs> You're anticipating something, Brett? Yes. Oh, uh, I'm completely 100% indifferent to the self-checkout. I, sometimes I like to use it if I don't have any cash and I see that the lineup's long at the, at, you know, the standard, normal, you know, run-of-the-mill checkout with, with a clerk there. Uh, sometimes I, you know, I just want to just get in and get, and get out of there. I only have a couple of items. I use the self-checkout. I mean, it's always frustrating when that stupid little, you know, red light goes on and then you have to sit there and wait and look around. Is there anybody here that's going to help me? Um, and that sometimes is annoying, but, uh, you know, some, I like it sometimes. And then other times I'm like, you know what? I'm going to stick with the, if I have lots of stuff, I'm definitely going to the clerk. I would never do lots of stuff, uh, in a self checkout. I didn't anticipate this. I figured there'd be a whole cam smash situation. No, no, there's none. No, I, 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 you know, I'm, I'm more focused on, you know, much more important things, you know, like, uh, (laughs) The bureaucracy in this province and, and those sort of things. So And fountain pens. And fountain pens. <laughs> and uh, discussions about who should have won uh, the Oscars. I thought Minari was a better film, but that's just me. <laughs> Jeff Braun, uh, you, well, do you want to weigh in on the Oscars or the self-checkout? <laughs> <laughs> I got no problem with Nomadland winning that award. Yeah. <laughs> well, me and Jeff already discussed that. And actually, uh, Cam and I are pretty much on the same page with the self-checkout, too. I mean, uh, it's if it depends. For me, it depends on the lineup. If there's a lineup for the regular checkout, then I head to the self-checkout right away. If there's no one in line, then I'll gladly let someone else do it. But I also the thing I like about the self-checkout is that it's, a, it's an active endeavor. So it makes the grocery shopping, it feels like it goes by faster if I'm doing the work, checking all the stuff and instead of just, you know, like standing there like a bump on the log waiting for all my stuff to get rung through by somebody else. So I think that part of it I actually really like. But again, if there's anything complicated, if I've got a bag full of uh, weird vegetables I've not bought before that I don't feel like trying to look up, you know, how to punch in and get them through the thing, then I'll gladly just let someone else do it. You mean you don't know the uh, the PLU code for uh, no. rutabaga? <laughs> 
Plus, I'd get there and re- forget that it was called a rutabaga, and even if I knew it was a rutabaga, I'd forget how to spell rutabaga it's, it's to this, type it into the thing. It's a special Spanish rutabaga, and you have to put spa- <laughs> Spanish instead of rutabaga when you're typing it in? You pick the cheapest rutabaga on the list. <laughs> uh, Forte, what about you? I'm right there with these guys. You know, if it's convenience, give me convenience. I will pick the check, the self-checkout any day of the week. If I'm just buying something small, if I'm buying a large thing of groceries, yeah, then I go to the clerk. But, like, for example, I went to Shoppers and I bought just deodorant and toothpaste. There's a lineup there. I'm not going to wait in the lineup. I'm going to go to the self-checkout, take 20 seconds in and out. Plus, I also take the cab every day, and I don't phone the cab anymore, and I don't pay in the cab anymore. I do everything through the app. Super easy, super convenient. You can pay through the app? Yeah, that's how I do it. Uh, I get into the cab, like, and it shows me exactly where the cab is, so I know when to go downstairs in my apartment building. I jump in the cab. Cab gets here to work, and I jump out of the cab. Don't have to pay. It's all on the, all through the app, through my credit oh, card. Oh, okay. I'm going to have to look into that because that'll save uh, some time in the morning. <laughs> um, Loren, what about you? I had said earlier that I think it depends on your mood. You know, you go through it, and if you're kind of ready to get in and get out and you've got the patience, then that helps you to decide if you want to be in the line or if you want to be in the self-checkout. But I do think increasingly they're obviously putting these in place to uh, save money. And they want to get people in and out more quickly because you can go to, for example, I was in Walmart the other day and they've got five cashiers, but only two cashiers working. So they have five spots, but only two that you can actually go to. So the option made more sense to go to the self-checkout, but it's ridiculous based on the load I had. Not only a lot of groceries, I had a floor carpet for the front entrance, like this long carpet hanging over the back end of the cart my kid had grabbed two big balls like bounce balls like they were two feet by two feet like huge <laughs> ones and so that i was like well you're not gonna give the employees you're not you don't have a job for these employees apparently you want me to do this i'm going in the self-checkout line and it was so obnoxiously bad because it took up all this space and then i was trying to scan the carpet you know this long carpet through the thing and then put it back on and then the ball one ball bounced down the row and the kids chasing after it and i can just see this guy behind me just and i'm like well they don't have staff here for me to do to help me out. Here I am. So it be, kind of became more of a exercise to exercise out my frustrations. And it <laughs> Mac- helped. Mackling, we've got until fifty five thirty. What's your story? Um, well, I want the video footage of whatever happened at that Walmart. Which location? Oh, and was I that had like camp? a crate of Diet Coke, like a twenty four pack Diet Coke, just all sorts of heavy, ridiculous things. It was a uh, Saint Patel. St. Patel. Okay, good. Uh, Brett, you know me well enough. I don't know if I can tell a story in 90 seconds. Well, you have 60 it's... seconds now, and you just <laughs> wasted 25 of them, so go. Yeah, you see? See? <laughs> I guess the biggest one, I, I do not endorse the uh, the uh, self-checkout. I use it only at Home Depot because they give me the power of the wand, so I like using the wand. And the worst one is the passport checker at the airport, and you try to slide it in, slide it in, turn it over, turn it this way. Which way does it go? Yeah, well, I got mad at one once because it wouldn't process Jackie's passport. The problem was not the scanning machine. It was the fact that I had entered her flight details with her maiden name, even though we'd been married for 13 years. And you can only imagine the problem that caused. That was all human error and a story for another time. Oh, boy. I totally forgot about those. That must have been tricky. But we start this half hour 
with the vaccine and how a Winnipeg cancer patient is continuing his fight to bring vaccines to Manitobans like him after learning the province currently has no plans to change its eligibility criteria for Manitobans under 40 with cancer and other high-risk medical conditions. Yeah, we first introduced our listeners to Tim Fennell on Monday. He's battling terminal cancer, and while he continues treatments, he's also seeking the COVID-19 vaccine in hopes of not only improving his quality of life this summer, but the lives of others like him who might also be waiting for the vaccine. So Tim, for background, and as a reminder, he's 39, so that means he doesn't qualify for the AstraZeneca vaccine and doesn't qualify because of his condition either. We know the province has said they're looking into this, and are continuing to look into this. But after first sharing his story with CJOB and Global earlier this week, Tim then got a call from Manitoba Health telling him that it appeared the criteria might have changed, or at least that's what he thought a few days ago. Tim joins us again this morning. Good morning, Tim. Hi, good morning. Thank you for having me. Well, thanks for walking us through this because it's been an up and down kind of confusing process as far as I can tell. You spoke to us on Monday at the time with the understanding people in your condition didn't qualify. Then you got this phone call, I believe, from Manitoba Health, and and I'd like to know what was said in it and how you and your doctor interpreted it, believing something might have changed. Yeah, so we were given the uh, impression that, um, you know, there there's some eligibility for people like me, and, uh, uh, you know, Manitoba Health shared this uh, document with me, and I'm not sure exactly if there was a miscommunication there or somebody there thought that, that you know, you know, maybe they misinterpreted what they were supposed to tell me, but uh, they gave me this information and it led uh, my oncologist and I to believe that, uh, you know, there was an opportunity here for me to get uh, a Pfizer vaccination. And uh, I guess Josh, Josh Reimer um, has really clarified yesterday that, that's really not the case and that the eligibility hasn't changed. Well, let's take it from there, actually, because we did take your question to Dr. Joss Reimer. You just mentioned uh, Dr. Reimer by name there. And uh, let's uh, let's uh, get some clarification for people with high-risk medical conditions. It's a challenging uh, assessment because there are so many different health conditions and so much variation even within a health condition. What's your response to that, Tim? Well, my response would be that my oncologist is aware of my health condition and is perfectly capable of interpreting uh, health guidelines and can assess the risk that I have. And uh, if they feel that I should be eligible for a vaccination and and feel as though I should be referred uh, to get one, uh, they should have the power to do it. So maybe as a reminder to our listeners who may not have heard our conversation on Monday, you actually have managed to find someone willing to give you the vaccine in May, despite the fact that you don't qualify. You've got a workaround, but we know others might not be able to make those arrangements. Is that why you're continuing to fight this? Yeah, so, you know, as a cancer patient, we've been through a lot of struggles over the past year through the pandemic. We have done more than our part to, uh, including our friends and family, to be very diligent about, um, you know, being careful about uh, uh, exposure to COVID and following the rules. And we've been watching very patiently 
as uh, you know, the priorities have changed um, throughout the rollout of the vaccination. And we've been waiting for our turn, and uh, our turn has essentially come and gone. And we, you know, we're not falling through the cracks here. We're we're being skipped over. And at this point, really, uh, we've been given no clear and compelling rationale for for that approach. Uh, the NACI has made it a strong recommendation to give cancer patients a Pfizer vaccine, and our province has chosen not to do it. Yeah, Tim, we've had some listeners point to us this morning that they have relatives in other provinces, Alberta, for example, that are the same age group as you, also fighting cancer and have been able to get the vaccine earlier. And so the rationale seems to be different, obviously, from province to province. I can only imagine the frustration. And in your case, uh, you're looking for a specific date to get this vaccine because you need to fit it in between treatments. And so that's how your doctors have recommended to you to get the vaccine. Uh, on, On the positive side, man, we've had listeners wanting to step up and offer you their appointment. Uh, we've had members of different First Nations communities say they'd happily vaccinate you if it works for you. What do you say at least to those offers and how Manitobans are trying to help you find and people like you a, a, another workaround? I definitely appreciate individuals reaching out and and saying these things. I think it's important. I think it's even more important that those individuals reach out to their MLAs and express their concern on this issue. Um uh, I think if people are have an opportunity to get a vaccination, I think they should do it because it, you know, with every person that gets a vaccination, it protects people like me and others who are vulnerable. Uh, so, you know, don't hold back because somebody like me doesn't have access. Go get your vaccination as soon as you can. Um, I would like mine as soon as I can. Tim, thanks for your generosity of your time sharing your story, but also for what you're doing for other people as time is of the essence for you. It's uh, so precious in the battle that you are facing right now. So uh, please accept our uh, heartfelt uh, thank yous and affection for what you're doing for others at the moment. Well, I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, we're going to keep pushing as long as, uh, as long as we can on this. And, uh, you know, if people are listening, we're going to keep, keep telling people what, you know, about our situation. Heather with a text message on uh, self-checkouts. We're giving away a $20 gift card, Santa Lucia Pizza at 9.15. We're asking you to tell us a story about the self-checkout. Greg recently tried the new uh, digital payment terminal at Tim Hortons on Nairn. Heather says, hey, don't promote the self-checkout. We are isolated enough. The Walmart near Pola Park, 12 to 14 self-checkouts. Maybe two, if you're lucky, three cashiers. Can't use COVID as an excuse. People had to squeeze through long lineups at the cashier line to get to the self-checkout anyway. So go figure. That's, I think, the, the thing that frustrates me the most. And I understand why all these companies go with the self-checkouts, because the more self-checkouts they have, it probably means the fewer people they have to employ. Sure. But most of these self-checkouts requires at least one person just hanging around to help everybody <laughs> figure out how to use the machine, Loren. Yeah. And, you know, it's been asked repeatedly over the years, but I'm now doing someone else's job. Do I get a discount for that? Where's my loyalty card for that? If I'm loyal to the self-checkout, give me some points at least. If I don't get 10% off my bill or whatever it is that's saving the big box stores, then where's my reward? Like I'm, I'm doing a job. I'm now packing my own groceries. I'm now scanning them. Come on. 
I'm going to be big corporate executive. Ugh. Your time is your reward, Ms. McNabb. Uh, you've saved time, and uh, that's a uh, courtesy of us at at corporate. Courtesy of XYZ. you, Mr. CEO. No, courtesy of your courtesy would be to make it me. more, bring in more people and help me out. Okay. We can't do that. We can't afford to do that. <laughs> I love this fake conversation. At 745, Brett, hey, who's gained weight in this pandemic or lost it and then gained it again and then lost it? I'm putting up my hand right now here in my basement because I've been on an up and down yo-yo where I try to get fit and then I eat more and then the stress is getting me and so I eat more again. Uh, we've got a new study out from Dalhousie. Our friend Sylvain Charlebois is going to join us at 745 to talk about stress eating Weight gain in this pandemic, and uh, yeah, the numbers on both this study and the scale, Brett, are not good. Small town salute, and on this day, we're going to talk about my second favorite topic, which is food, and specifically small town indulgences, Greg. Mm, yes, you may have been noticing commercials for Spenced Brother Bros. Sorry, I said brothers. Spenced Bros pizza here on 680 CGOB. It's a tasty treat, Brett, that you mentioned here a few weeks ago, and I started seeing them in my local grocery store and uh, bought some the very next day. I purchased their fancy grater like cookie sheet, and it would seem as though Loren, the company from Winkler, has become a genuine phenomena. Our next guest, Paul, is one of the aforementioned Spenced Brothers. Good morning, Paul. Hey, good morning. So before we talk pizza, let's just talk your family business, Spence Brothers Premium Meats in Winkler. How did it start? And I guess it, it started with meat? Sure. Yeah, for sure. We're a meat store first. Back in 2003, the idea was born when, when the U.S. border closed to live cattle crossing for slaughter. So at that time, we had hundreds of head of cattle, and, and we didn't know what to do with, with all these cattle. And we just developed this idea. We're going we're gonna to take the meat to town. We're going to build a meat store in Winkler, which is about 15 miles north of where the farm is. And for some reason, I mean, people, just, people in Winkler just supported us, and the, and the store grew, and and now somehow we're we're across all of Manitoba carrying our frozen pizza. Well, and that frozen pizza, when it came up a few months ago, Paul, because I remember there was a big sign at the Safeway. I actually got a flyer in the mail that, that this pizza was coming and that there was going to be a promotion. And it seemed like a big deal. And I just mentioned it on the air and we got flooded with text messages from people saying, Spence Brothers Pizza is the best. And sure right. enough, I bought it that first day. I went there, I think, right after the show, that first day of the promo at 11 a.m., and there was a lineup to get into that cabinet, and it was almost gone. Like, it had been almost picked clean already. So I bought two pizzas, and I concur with everybody who has raved about this pizza. So I guess, what's the secret? Like, how do you make a pizza for $9 that tastes as good as anything I could order in a restaurant? Yeah, well, thanks for all that. That's a huge compliment. Uh, basically, it's, it's, uh, the, the crust is our signature feature. When the people learn how to bake that crust, it bubbles, and you poke the bubbles if they get too big. And, of course, we make all of our own meats. We started as a meat store, so the pepperoni, the salami, the ham, and the bacon, we make that all ourselves, and we make the crust and the sauce. So when that comes together, and we do that ourselves, we can kind of cut out quite a few middlemen, and we can top a pizza really well and make a really good product and, and keep it competitive. 
So, Paul, how big is this becoming? You're advertising here on CJOB, and we had thought of having you on probably one or two weeks before the commercial started airing here. So that's not why we're having you on the air, just so it's clear to you and everybody at, sure. at home or wherever you might be listening from. This is a genuine Manitoba success story. So tell us about how you've grown and what the future looks like. Yeah, so it's it's always been growing, but I guess it's three or four years ago when we got that crust redeveloped and we built a separate, a new facility to make the pizzas in. It just kind of snowballed, and I'm not sure, if, is it a matter of, I, I guess the people were looking for this style crust. It's crispy and thin. They're looking to support local. To support local is a bigger thought for Manitobans than I would have ever imagined. It's when you, you, you feel that support, like when you buy a Spence Rose pizza, that's, that's Manitoba wheat made into flour, and that's Manitoba beef and pork producers. There's cow-calf guys across Manitoba that we buy their calves to put into our farm feeding program. And so those are Manitoba investments that stay, stay in the province. And I guess when the people get a hold of that idea that we need to stay to support the province, it can really uh, mushroom. You mentioned the crust, the secret being the crust, Paul, and I have to admit that one thing I failed to do, and this is maybe the second secret, is that people probably do need that greater like cooking sheet because it still tasted great, but it did not look great the first time I tried it without that sheet. So tell us about that. Okay, so yeah, we were studying our customers here in Winkler, and even, even our own customers in Winkler, I mean, we sell a lot of pizza every week. About 30 or 40 percent of them were using that screen, and I just started randomly asking customers, so how are you baking your pizza? How is it turning out? Well, I use a cookie sheet. Well, I use a cookie sheet. I use a cookie sheet. And I just, like, I hate, well, I love cookies, but that's what cookie sheets are for. So, but the thing is, is if we can get this screen into people's home, and and that's the reason that you saw that promotion if you buy two pizzas, Spence Bros are going to give you a free baking screen, because if the people bake it at home and they have success, um, they they become customers if they poke the bubbles. And we even had to make, well, we had to, we wanted to, we made this video, how to bake a Spence Bros pizza. We posted it on the website and people keep calling and commenting, where can I get this pizza baking screener? Uh, thanks for showing me that. I forgot, I, I didn't realize I needed to not use a cookie sheet. Well, if you ever need someone to show your customers how to not cook a Spence pizza, I'm your gal. <laughs> Just on the opposite end there, Paul. Okay. Thanks for this offer. <laughs> what is the secret with the, the, the baking sheet, with the graded baking sheet? Yeah, so, like, I'm not a scientist guy. I'm a farmer guy. But somehow that air is coming from the bottom up through that through that grate or through the, the screen, if you will. And it, it makes that crust crispy and cooks it evenly. And yet it keeps the top layers of the crust soft. So if you have our pizza, you bake it, it's, it's going to be crispy. And then the next day you, you microwave it. It's still going to be okay. It's still be, it's going to be good because, see, if it's crispy on the bottom and soft on top, the juices from the top don't go down and saturate the crust. The next day. You, <laughs> there's no way that pizza is surviving to the next day. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> hey, Paul, thanks for this. Congratulations on your success. And we spoke on the phone briefly yesterday. You were nervous about this. Uh, you, yeah. You've been a tremendous guest. You're welcome back here anytime. Well, I appreciate your work. Thank you, guys. Thank you all. Paul Spenced with Spence Bros Premium Meats and Winkler. 
their pizza is available in many grocery stores now. And uh, as many of our listeners have confirmed, it mm-hmm. is amazing. So, yeah, like the fact that it's amazing frozen pizza and that it's local makes it so much better, Loren. And honestly, it still tastes great without that screen, but it's just it's a messier process because the crust is thin and it, you know, sags and droops and drips and drops. And then I'm scraping it. I'm still eating it directly off out of the oven. I don't care how it, how it looks. Forget the screen. Over the last year, I have, as you know, I've eaten a lot of takeout, trying to support as many restaurants as I can. It's been wonderful for my soul. Uh, but when I put on my golf shorts the, over the weekend, I realized it's time to hit the panic button, Loren. Yeah, and it's been such a fascinating experience for so many of us when it comes to our weight, because lots of us might have lost weight in the beginning and then gained some back, and then you lose it again and gain back as you, you know, you're trying to use this time at home and how to use it effectively. And then on the flip side, you're feeling more stress. Stress obviously leads to snacking and eating more. And so now here's this new study out of Dalhousie University where Canadians were asked, are you eating more and are you gaining more weight? And so Dalhousie, in partnership with cattle, surveyed more than 9,000 Canadians. And yep, Greg, 74% of us had says the pandemic has changed the way we eat. And uh, the question, has it changed the way we look? Well, we discussed about the way we eat and talking about different ways of preparing our food. I think we're getting caught in a little bit of a rut. Sylvain Charlebois is the director of Dalhousie's Agri-Food Analytics Lab amongst other credentials. Sylvain, uh, so what's the scale showing? Is this pandemic leading to weight gain for most of us? Clearly the numbers suggest it. Do we know why? Well, uh, yeah, uh, I, I would say it's probably one topic nobody wants to talk about, but eventually we're going to need to. <laughs> Wherever you're uh, exiting the pandemic than when we actually started this thing uh, 14 months ago. Clearly, so based on our survey, and we surveyed almost 10,000 Canadians across the country, uh, uh, 43.3% of Canadians uh, have actually uh, gained undesirable weight uh, in the over the last 14 months. And I do want to emphasize on the word undesirable because it is actually quite normal for, uh, for someone to gain weight um, during adult years. Uh, you, we gain weight really uh, as we age, it's quite normal, but uh, we actually think that uh, a lot of people have gained weight because of the stress generated by the uh, pandemic, because of the fact that the pandemic really, um, you know, made made a lot of people lose their food bearings, you know, working at home, working in, uh, physically uh, outside the home, uh, you know, being probably in the kitchen working away close to the fridge. The cafeteria was really nearby, <laughs> too close. And so a lot of people have gained weight, although 15.3% of Canadians actually uh, feel that they've lost weight. So it goes both ways, but more people have gained weight than lost. So what's when you talk about what's contributing to it, Sylvain, you talk about that stress, um, but the stress is ongoing. So sometimes you stress eat in certain periods of time. It might be two weeks or maybe a couple months, but now we're a year into this. So what should we be watching for? Because sure, it might be normal for you to gain weight as you get older, but taking those pounds off also becomes a lot harder when you get older. 
I think the biggest concern is with the younger generations. Uh, uh, we actually noticed that the younger generations have gained more weight than, than the Gen X's or uh, boomers. So anyone actually under the age of 40 right now would have likely gained more weight than others. Women have gained more weight. Although there's an interesting story there, women, uh, more women have gained weight, uh, but the average is 6 to 10 pounds. Men uh, were less likely to gain weight, but if they did uh, gain weight, they actually gained 11 to 15 pounds, so more than, than the, uh, the woman average. So I would say right now uh, the pandemic has created this, uh, this really big problem uh, with the younger generations, because uh, as you get older, as you become an adult in the economy, uh, to get rid, the older you get, uh, the harder it is to to lose the weight, and that's that's quite problematic for uh, well for for anyone really. And this isn't about, and we've got about sixty seconds left, Sylvain. But this isn't about shaming anybody for gaining a few extra pounds. But if that weight gain continues, that can lead to the health problems, which is why it's important, I would suspect, to, to point this out. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's an important point to make because I, I suspect that a lot of people haven't really eaten more. We're moving less. <laughs> That's what lockdowns do. It gets us to stay home and move less. So you may have actually continued to eat the same way, but you're not spending as much energy uh, walking around, uh, going physically to meetings and things like that, and, and that accumulates over time. Sylvain Charlebois, Director of Dalhousie's Agri-Food Analytics Lab, joining us live on CJOB. Sylvain, thank you very much, sir. All right, take care. Bye-bye. 204-780-6868. Make sure you keep texting us your stories on self-checkouts. Do you use them? You got a story? You got a frustrating story like I remember, for example... One time, I don't know, 10 years ago at Superstore, I was with my girlfriend at the time, and uh, we were just under the limit. I think they, they allow like 20 items or 22 items or 25 items. I don't know. So we were just under the limit, and it was taking us a little while, and we were having a problem getting one particular item to scan, and it just kept giving us problems. We kept having to call for help, and my girlfriend was so frustrated, saying, I'm never using this stupid thing again. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. And uh, I just stopped going to the grocery store with her after that. <laughs> so, like, I'll you do it myself. I learned this morning from one of our listeners. I was telling the story about how I was at the checkout and had like a carpet and these bouncing balls and all these things in the self-checkout that I was trying to scan through the thing. And she says, you know, there's the uh, gun you can pull out, the radar gun, and just scan your stuff. Like, oh, yeah. It reaches to gun. your cart, to which I was, what? So I'll... I have to go looking for that. I didn't think that was part of the deal at the self-checkout. I've just completely mm. missed it. Then they, they've got we that at the IKEA. And uh, I remember the first time I tried, I couldn't figure out how to use it. I'm like, what am I doing <laughs> wrong here? So. Well, that's what I like at, at the Home Depot. They gave finally the freedom of the gun and it's wireless as well, which is nice. So if you have big things on the big cart, I prefer to go through the cashier. I just old fashioned that way, not only for the service, but I do contemplate the whole idea that we might be costing people jobs but sometimes i confess to going through the 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 checkout the self-checkout because they've made it bigger and it's easier for you to, to go through there at times so uh playing with the gun is just a little bit of a bonus so keep your stories coming Santa Lucia Pizza gift card, $20 worth. We'll give that away just after 9.15. In the meantime, Loren McNabb, right now we want to have a conversation 
about what some are saying is sexist language. For example, the term, hey, grow a pair, Loren. You grow a pair. I've never liked that phrase, and I'll get into it in a moment, but I want to explain while we're talking about this, because there's uh, stories out of Britain, uh, England this morning, where the headmaster, as it's called in that school, has basically pushed forward a ban on teachers from using what she says is sexist language, like good morning, guys, or man up or grow a pair and they've actually got a plan in place to try to encourage kids to not use those language like if someone says okay guys let's go you know girls can hold up a sign and say i'm a girl you can reference me this way or however you identify but don't lump us all in in this guy's category and so that's prompted all sorts of conversation and backlash you know some early childhood educators in that country saying hey don't limit kids language let them explore their language others saying uh, you're you know creating a generation of wallflowers who take offense to everything But it did make me wonder this morning about some of those phrases that we use that are part of the daily conversation that you might not stop and think about. So, hey, guys, for example, and I've used that in groups of guys, girls, whatever, and not thought twice about it just because to me it's, it's not even a gender identifier. It's more like a hey to the group of people. Although, if you stop and think about it, why are we choosing the male gender to be the the identifier? But that one doesn't bug me. But I do get annoyed by phrases like, you know, the the push on boys don't cry or, or you sound like a girl or the phrase grow a pair because, first of all, it's offensive. But secondly, as far as I can tell, that appendage is about the most sensitive part of any human body. <laughs> and it's certainly not as strong as the counterpart on the female to which so many (laughs) it's a strong muscle there so if we're gonna say anything i would say grow a can i say it can i say it on air i would you know like babies are pushed out of there that that's a one heck of a muscle and so that's really what i just on a pure physical comparison i've never understood that phrase well, the grow a pair is basically man up, right? Be a man. And uh, and because that's the, the better way to be in circumstances in question. And so, and that's not the approach that I would ever take. And it's not a terminology that I've ever used. Uh, I'm maybe in my, I don't think so. But that, hey, guys thing, that, that goes back a long way. And I think you're right, Loren. I don't think anyone was using that uh, because, oh, this is a predominantly uh, male uh, situation and we want to flex our muscle. And it just became just a generic terminology for a group of people. But my grandfather, 30 years ago, used to complain to me about it when he would go to a restaurant or somewhere and get greeted with, hey, guys. So, you know, it's men and women that have been bothered by that phrasing and the use of that terminology for a long, long time. I just don't understand why... There's getting, I I suspect there's pushback on this, right? Yes. There's pushback from all sorts of people that, and it's, you know, it might depend on the school and sort of the demographics in that school. But there's also just people weighing in saying like, yeah, everyone's too sensitive these days, too sensitive. But, you know, we're, we're talking about increasingly being better with the words that we use, including right. finding ways to be more general, gender neutral. So you could say, hey, folks, or hey, all, or hey, everybody, and try to find a way to oh. drop that just because mm-hmm. it might make it easier. And you definitely, the whole, you know, man up thing has has to stop and so there's part of me that thinks what's what's the problem with the school doing this although i 
right now I'm hearing from listeners saying that is just too sensitive, like get over it already. And so I don't know, I kind of think it depends on where you're coming from. But there are certain when we're, when we're pushing towards being more gender neutral, which we should be because of what we know about how we might all identify and not want to be referred to as he, she might want to be they. It all depends on where you're sitting. And so we need to be thinking about that. And we also need to be thinking about not creating this world where there is that comparison that one is tougher than the other. And I know that's more of an old school approach and we're getting better at that, but we're still not there yet. Yeah. And one of the things that like this is pretty common on a, a golf course, right? A lot of guys will, it's just sort of like this, like this uh, mm. sort of the, the joke that always comes up. If you come up short on a pot, it's like, oh, you know, why don't you loosen your purse there, Nancy? And, uh, and I, I, that's always kind of bugged me because I have played with women who can hit the ball. Like I remember I went to Cottonwood once with my buddy, Mike, and we got paired up with a couple of women and they were both softball players and they were destroying the golf ball. Like they were hitting it a mile further than both me and my friend, Mike. Uh, so whenever anybody says that, I, I say just because you're a woman doesn't mean you're incapable of playing golf. So it's just, it's just one of those kind of old school things that's been around, I suspect for years, if not decades that guys say to each other on the golf course, but I, I have never liked it. I don't participate in that. I think it's stupid to say that, but I will admit the, the, Hey guys, thing sometimes i wonder like i'll walk into a room and there will be like a couple like a just here at work a couple of uh women but i'll say hey guys and then i think should i Mm -hmm. what should i be saying because it just feels if i said hey gals i just i don't like that word in general right (laughs) i just think it sounds like yeah Well, a listener just texted now saying we should be offended by sexist language. Remember, there was a time women couldn't vote, so we have to keep moving forward. It's not about being sensitive, they write. It's about being enlightened. And I just think that's yes. part of it. Just pause and think about, huh, I never thought about that. And and so many times you didn't mean to be offensive, but you perhaps didn't sit and think about how that might be viewed or heard by someone else, right? And I think that's where we're at with this. Two things. It's all the electric company's fault, Brett, because that's how that show started every single time. Hey, you guys! Oh. <laughs> so that's how that all started. Okay. Maybe, perhaps, back uh-huh. in the early 1970s, potentially. And the whole idea, why are we always ragging on people and giving them a hard time about being overly sensitive? How about being and getting angry at people for not being more flexible in terms of how we grow as a species how we grow as a society as we grow as individuals like you know language changes and the way it's interpreted and the way it's delivered changes over time just watch some of your favorite sitcoms from the 70s or 80s or 90s and you wouldn't dare use some of the language or some of the inferences that are used in those shows in here i go now i'm going to sound like an old person in mixed company well, even the Seinfeld episode, the the classic, not that there's anything wrong with that. I would argue that at that time that that totally episode was, was progressive and groundbreaking. Yep. And now when I watch it, I feel kind of uncomfortable. And that's For just sure. how, I mean, that's, it's over 20 years old. So things have changed. So, yeah, it's just about trying to figure out, like, how can we continue to get along? And if somebody tells me, hey, I don't like that, it might kind of make me sort of 
kind of tense up uh, for a second, but then if I just stop and take a breath and go, hang on, let's just use some empathy here Mm -hmm. and put myself in their shoes, then you can see, yeah, just empathy, kindness, and as you pointed out, Greg, flexible. I like that. And, And maybe some facts. My part is stronger than your part. Can we leave it at that? Hey, no argument there. I, I will admit, though, I have had, because I was horsing around with uh, someone I was dating like 10 years ago, and, and she ended up, she got me, she got me down there by accident. She, I, I took a knee in the uh, the nether sure. region, and yeah. I went down, and she made fun of me oh, relentlessly. I- <laughs> Called me a, a wimp. Like, what's the matter with you? Jeez. Like, I can't. My whole body hurts right now. It's like it was like an, a, a bolt funny. of lightning went through laughing. my entire body. So you're right, Loren. It's, uh, it's sensitive down there. But before we talk about someone who is maybe taking a page out of Larry David's book, uh, Loren, mm-hmm. in British Columbia... There is a concern from Manitoba's teachers. Yeah, Manitoba Teachers Society just put out this news release a few minutes ago, and they're basically calling for what they would say would be a circuit breaker for COVID for teachers. They want the province, they're appealing to the province to basically declare Winnipeg right now uh, a code red in the school system. And what that would mean as far as the Manitoba Teachers Society is concerned is that they would move to remote learning, for those schools, this is what they're asking for. So before anyone hits the panic button, this, is, this isn't happening. What they want, because they think they're seeing more cases of COVID in schools, and we certainly have heard about different schools moving to remote learning because of COVID and the variants of COVID, the Manitoba Teacher Society would like a circuit breaker. It would like, it's asking for the province to move schools in Winnipeg to remote learning starting Monday so that we could give teachers a couple weeks to be vaccinated. We know teachers have been made a priority, but they're only a priority in those hot zones. And so Manitoba Teachers Society is saying vaccines are clearly the answer as far as the messaging from public health. If that's the case, let's get it to our teachers. Let's get it in schools. Let's take a break. Let's hit pause and then return to in-class learning after teachers are vaccinated. That's their pitch. We'll wait and see what the province has to say about it. We know Dr. Reese and Bruce and Greg just earlier this week said so far the transmission isn't happening as much in schools as it is outside schools in gatherings and elsewhere. And so we know that that's been their message pretty much from the start with COVID. But MTS is not happy about what it's seen going on. In the meantime, yeah, be- sorry, go ahead, Greg. I was just going to say, I think that would be a worst case situation for so many people, yeah. but I, I think I understand where the teachers are coming from on this one, Brett. So we'll have more on that throughout the day on 680 CJOB. In the meantime, the term social justice warrior means one one thing, but I think Larry David from Curb Your Enthusiasm gives it a, a different definition. He's a social avenger or a social assassin, if you will. And Greg, uh, we have somebody who maybe is taking a page out of his book, Out West. I couldn't agree with you more. Short of opening a spite store, a White Rock BC photographer is taking aim at pet owners who bag up their animals' droppings. That's a good step, right? That's what you're supposed to do. But then they leave the bags on the trail that he likes to walk. Global's Kylie Stanton reports. So I spent a lot of time walking along these roads here. With just his camera and a keen eye for detail, this is where A.P. Hovas hones his craft. I do uh, nature photography. Lately, something else has been catching his attention. Yeah, it looks like there's one here in the grass. Small plastic bags full of... Someone's dog poop. 
Kovas has tried wrapping his head around the logic. It seems kind of ridiculous to go to the trouble of putting your dog's poop in a bag and then to turn around and undo all that good work by throwing it on the path. And it's not for lack of disposal options. A lot of these bags are within sight of these garbage cans. So Hovass decided it was his duty to do something. That got me started. A printout, a little glue, and this waste warrior was ready to mark his own territory. So it says, really? WTF dog walkers, don't be a jerk. Take your <laughs> blank to the garbage can located nearby. Hovass now carries his flags on his walks, placing them on top of every bag he finds. So that's the idea, is to, uh, is to put it in people's minds that it's really not the kind of thing you should do. He took it a step further, getting the word out on social media, saying, I did this a few days ago and it seems to have struck a chord. Do you want to join? Now his flags are a hot commodity. I've got requests from all over Vancouver, from across Canada, from the UK, uh, some in the States, Florida. So, you know, it's an idea that really seems to have caught on. So far, the community's response has been largely positive. What's that? Okay, okay. And then another supporter. And while there are fines in place if someone is caught leaving the waste behind, it's where anyone is held accountable. And so, Hovas plans to keep patrolling a doo-doo do-gooder on a mission. Hopefully, it'll get to a point where those flags won't uh, won't be needed anymore. That would be nice. Kylie Stanton, Global News. Patrolling, I like that. And, look, and do-do Kylie giving Lorraine a run for her money with the funds there. <laughs> Listen, I, I get that so- sometimes... You just can't pick it up. Like, I remember I took my dog Dexter for a walk once. I had two bags on me. We were only going for like 20 minutes. He went three times. Yeah. And and then I thought, well, what am I supposed to do here? I was not anticipating that. But I learned from that, and I made sure to bring like five bags with me every single time. But the notion, Greg, that you would pick up the dog's poop and then just chuck the bag for, what, someone else to pick up? Like, are you, like, you? oh, I'm doing a service. At least I bagged it. Now it's now it's easy for someone to come along and pick it up. It's just ridiculous. I Wonders never cease. No, sorry, Brett. I don't understand the thought process. It's baffling to me. And I watched the report, and there are depositories for this stuff along the walking path that he's mentioning. I don't understand for one second, Loren, how you could go to all the trouble of bending down, nicely bagging up uh, Fido's uh, doo-doo, and then leaving it behind. It makes zero sense whatsoever. Yeah, they're making it fairly easy these days, particularly on parks where there are active trails. I noticed uh, outside different venues in the city, there might even be an actual, it's not just the garbage, it's, it says, it says, please throw your bag with your dog's poo in here. Like it, they, they make it really easy at a lot of places. So to have the bag in your hand and then just chuck it is, that's reprehensible. I can appreciate there are times and it's happened to me and I've actually driven back to the location and picked mm-hmm. it up because I'm like, I don't want to be that person. Uh, but you're out and you run, you don't have the bags like you mentioned, Brett. And hey, you're not Poudini. <laughs> you can't just come up with, <laughs> you can't just magically come up with a bag. <laughs> Not everybody uh. loves poutine, Loren. <laughs> you know, the other side, We didn't we interview a guy or a company, a, a gentleman from a company there, see, guy, from a company that uh, is turning dog poop into electricity? Yeah. Yeah, we did. I'd like to see some more of those uh, receptacles 
maybe uh, here in Winnipeg, we had someone yesterday suggest that there's a company in on Vancouver Island that will that will collect dog waste for that exact reason as well. So maybe we're on the verge of a of a revolution. And I wanted to do a dog pun. I just couldn't come up with. Well, you know what? Maybe enough. it's coming because all good things come to he who waits. <laughs> That one's bad. That was the first time I can actually admit that even as I'm saying it, I wish I had my own wah, wah. <laughs> Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, we are talking about self-checkouts and digital payment terminals. Greg tried out the new one at uh, Tim Hortons on Nairn in the drive-thru placed his order and then he just paid right there so all that was left was to just grab his steep tea and go so we're asking you for your stories dave's got a good one we've got a winner here and i'll let you one of you guys uh read that one but uh dave the star wars aholic we chatted with him a few weeks back dave says i i have a problem with self-checkouts. One instance I can think of that sticks out the most was when we used to travel to Grand Forks on our annual back-to-school shopping trips. My, my wife would usually like to hit up Walmart pretty late at night to avoid crowds. Being our last night in town, it was to no surprise that she filled two shopping carts full to an overflowing capacity of mainly unnecessary items and accessories I could barely fit in the car on the way home upon our arrival at the checkout. Unbeknownst to me, they closed the regular tills at 10 p.m. in an effort to ward off any would-be criminals, forcing us to head to the self-checkouts. Well, I don't know if you've ever tried to self-check out 200 items, but it took a long time between sorting it all out, bagging, and my wife pulling out all the stuff she now decided she didn't want anymore. But to get to the point, last time I checked, uh, I didn't work at Walmart, and with all the effort that was put forth, I say nay to the self Checkout. That's from Dave. 200 like items it. in a self-checkout. That's a lot, Dave, and I dig your wife for that. I like it. She didn't <laughs> see it coming, but I kind of feel like at that moment it would be like our listener earlier this week who giggled when her husband, naked, got locked out of the hotel room. You'd be partly like, Dave's going to hate this. <laughs> um, but, but Greg Mackling, you spotted this one and you said, I think this might be our winner, so if you please. I'm going to read the first part, and then there's a qualifier at the end. We'll have uh, Loren read this just because. Probably bad for the entry-level job market, but I love self-checkouts. No one touches my stuff. I pack the bag the way I want and at my pace. Last few times, I've used the regular checkout. The service was so impersonal, it may as well have been a self-checkout. Then they add, bonus... Kids these days will never know the embarrassment of buying condoms from a teller as they secretly judge you. Which reminds me, is it that it was it The Simpsons? Was it the scene where Homer goes in to buy condoms? It's in some show from the 90s. And it's like, I'll take a pepperette, a hot dog, magazine, package of gum, condoms, <laughs> bag of chips. Like he's trying to hide it in the pile at the checkout. <laughs> 
And he's a grown yeah. man. There's nothing to be embarrassed about. I remember no. when I was like 20 years old and it was New Year's Eve at like two in the morning and things, business was about to pick up. And But I realized I had to go buy condoms. So I walked down the street in like the minus 30 weather to the 7-Eleven that was down the block. And I like proud, I proudly slammed those suckers down on the counter. And he's like, oh, you're going to have a happy new year, are you? Are you? And I said, you're darn right. <laughs> ring, <laughs> ring these up so I can get back. So congratulations. That's our winning text. Santa Lucia Pizza $20 gift card. Good for you. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, thank you very much for joining us this morning on The Start. Hey, by the way, question of the day at cjob.com has to do with one of the things we were talking about this morning. You just heard it in Jeff Braun's newscast, Sylvain Charlebois, the food professor, pointing to number of Canadians, according to survey. Survey says a lot of people have gained weight over the last year. Question of the day brought to you by Credit Aid, helping Manitobans get out of debt since 1992. Visit creditaid.ca, call 204-987-6890. Have you gained or lost weight during the pandemic? And at cjob.com, we've got 45% saying stayed about the same. 40% say gained, 15% lost. Cast your vote, cjob.com. We've put it on Twitter as well, at 680cjob. In the meantime, about 40% of Manitobans have received at least one dose of the COVID-19 vaccine. Yeah, but in some parts of the province, Brett, the uptick is much lower. In Hanover, as an example, in and around Steinbach, 14.9% of the population there have had at least one dose. In Winkler, it's 13.6%. And then in the RM of Stanley, which is the community around Winkler and Morden, the percentage of people vaccinated with at least one dose sits at 6.1%, Loren. So it's why the vaccine task force, Dr. Joss Reimer, acknowledging that there is something going on uh, in Southern Health Region and it, it wants to work on community outreach and awareness and education in that region. So we'll wait to see how that looks. But in the meantime, we wanted to reach out to the people who live there. So we're joined now by the mayor of Winkler, Martin Harder. Good morning. Good morning. How are you this morning? We're well. We're curious. Uh, you know, access shouldn't be an issue. There are super sites, of course, in your area. And so I'm wondering what you're hearing from residents when it comes to why they are or are not making those appointments for vaccinations. Well, you're right. Certainly the access hasn't been the issue. Uh, the issue, quite frankly, is that there's a bit of fatigue in regards to messaging and mixed messaging, both by the province as well as so you look at nationally. You look at internationally and you see so many different ideas as to whether the vaccine, in fact, is effective, isn't effective. Uh, the questions have been asked whether or not after you get vaccinated, both doses or whatever, whether you can enjoy some freedoms. Nobody has come out and said, well, you can enjoy some freedoms. So the people who are absolutely stuck on their opinion saying this is not proven, I don't trust it. It's actually a reflection of the mistrust that has been generated uh, to the province of Manitoba and the leadership that we have there, because that is where the mistrust starts from. They're having a hard time getting around it. So then is public health messaging going to change things? Well, you know, I think it would. I think if it would have taken the approach that Josh Reimer is, Dr. Josh Reimer is taking right now, it's a very muted response, very encouraging response. Uh, I think that she should be the messenger for the province. And I think it's going to make a big difference. 
uh, when Palliser weighs in, I, I can tell you from our community, it just it just grates on them, and they don't accept it and just mistrust it more. Can you give me an example of what sh- what you've heard that's either bugging you personally, Martin, or what's bugging your residents? Because uh, from what I'm hearing, whether it's Dr. Joss Reimer, Dr. Rusin, our top public health officials in Ottawa, the messaging has been that the sooner we get more people vaccinated, the sooner we can ease those restrictions, the sooner we can get some of the things going back to regular life. Uh, the messaging has been that the vaccines are effective, that the benefits outweigh the risks. That's what I've heard repeatedly. So I, I would, I'd like a, something more specific on what you're hearing as to why the, you, the message is different in your mind. Yeah. Well, the, the way the message is being presented, I, I think uh, the community in general has taken serious offense to being called idiots. The community has taken serious offense uh, and, and I'll, I'll, Take that example from the school divisions being called it, that they are uh, they are junkets. Uh, they're going on junkets, and that's why the changes are made. So it's just a build-up. But what I'm saying, when when Josh Reimer, I, I commend her. She's done a tremendous job of explaining it. But my encouragement to the community was, go to your doctor, listen to your doctor, and see what he has to say, rather than reading everything that you read on the Internet. And uh, and become even more fearful of taking the vaccine than than you are of COVID. Uh, that's where a lot of the people are at, and uh, uh, the messaging is not consistent. It has been drilled down from the world stage to the international, to the national, to the provincial, and messages changed so many times that uh, people are giving up. Martin Harder is the mayor of Winkler joining us on the start. Mayor Harder, how divisive has this become in your community? We've seen articles, at least one that I read, that there's a a genuine divide larger than usual between Winkler and Morden with regard to vaccination and the whole notion of a COVID-19 pandemic and crisis in the first place. So how divisive is this uh, within the city of Winkler? Well, my my message has been very consistent. I'm much more concerned about the divisiveness and the, the fear mongering that's out there from both sides uh, than I am in in regards to and and the relational impact. I, I think that's the other big thing that is uh, that is happening. Not only because of of the difference between Morden and Winkler, for example, uh, as our as as the stand that we've been taking, but when you the media actually spun that one pretty good because they take the, the major shopping centers in Winkler. You've got your Superstore, you've got your Walmart. You don't have that kind of shopping opportunity. So when you go and interview the mayor of Morden and who has personally had COVID, and I've had family, my cousins actually had two of them that passed away because of it. So I'm fully aware of, of the, the, the devastation that can take place. But the media actually is the one that pitted one community against another, and, and that makes things even worse. So within, within the city of Winkler and the surrounding community, being the major shopping center there is in Manitoba, or in southern Manitoba, uh, we receive a lot more uh, anti-maskers here than we would anywhere else. And simply, I know that there have been... Uh, uh, rallies that have happened where there's been a deliberate group that have gone into Superstore, and I'm not sure about Walmart, but I'll leave there as well. But Superstore, I know for sure, where they deliberately went there just simply to walk around to make a statement. 
you know, and, and those are the things that we're trying to say, okay, guys, you know, let's not be stupid about it. Let's be fair. Let's be respectful. And that's the message I've been trying to give all along that we need to respect each other. So this is more of a regional thing you think, Mayor, as opposed to a Winkler specific thing that because you're the regional hub for a lot of services that that Winkler's being painted with a certain brush based on the actions of people who who perhaps use Winkler as a as a hub for for their shopping and other commercial activities. Oh, very much so. You know, the statistics are the superstore in Winkler has 32,000 customers per week going through that store. We only have now maybe 14,000 to 15,000 people living in Winkler. So not everybody goes to the superstore every week in Winkler. However, we have a drawing area of over 80,000 people that come shop in Winkler on a regular basis. So, no, we're, we, we shouldn't be tarred with the same brush. I realize as far as the vaccines is concerned, the 14% is Winkler residents. But so it's two different issues here. One is the... The, the regional uh, shopping center that we have. The other one is dealing with the number of vac- vaccinations. Those are kind of two different things. They rub off on each other, but it's not entirely the same. The 14% is Winkler, and that's of our Winkler population that's eligible for vaccines. And there are plenty of people in Winkler who would argue against the vaccine, and that's why I've been saying to them, go talk to your local health care provider and get the facts rather than getting your facts off of the Internet. So, Martin, and I remember speaking to the mayor of Winkler, Martin Harder, if your advice is for your residents to go talk to their doctor, and you do like the messaging from Dr. Joss Reimer, if I'm understanding you correct, in terms of what she's saying about the importance of getting vaccinated, if it's coming, if, if, if it's about leadership and the messaging, getting it right, and your messaging is, again, to go talk to your doctor, what's your doctor advise you? I know this is a personal question, but you're playing a public role and so I certainly don't want to shame anyone to get it or not get vaccinated. But where do you sit personally on this? You know, I, I personally went to get my vaccine and I went to talk to my doctor first because there's a variety of different types of vaccine that are available. Mm-hmm. We talked specifically about the number of varieties that are available. And he recommended that I take the vaccine and that I should uh, I, I should uh, protect myself. And I said, yes, that's what I'm going to do. And I did. So I would ask- recommend that to anybody who's listening to uh, take the vaccine. It's uh, it's it's not as as well for myself personally. No side effects. My wife personally, no side effects, and uh, I don't I don't see that that's going to be an issue. Yeah. The other thing that I want to say is, when you have a health issue, whether it's cancer, whether it's heart, whether it's lungs, whatever, or some physical ailment as a part of your part of your body. Where do you go to? You go to your local doctor. You get the advice from your local doctor and he helps you get it done. So I want to say the same thing here. Go to your local doctor, call them or call somebody in the medical profession and get your advice from them. Martin Harder is the mayor of Winkler joining us live on 680 CJOB. Mr. Mayor, thank you so much for your time and for your honesty. We very much appreciate it. Thank you very much. Hey, thanks for listening to The Start Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe now and never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate the show, tell us what you think. 
and hey, even tell a friend about the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Greg is at GMACWPG. That's G-M-A-C-K-W-P-G. I am at Brett McGarry, B-R-E-T-T-M-E-G-A-R-R-Y. And Loren on Twitter is at McNab on Global and on Instagram at McNab on CJOB. Talk soon.